Welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports. If you like our show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and send a screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com and he'll make sure and get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie out in the mail. It is the first podcast episode of August, which means we have college football this month. We have college football this month. Folks, we've made it the entire offseason. We've got fall camp starting up. It's Wednesday, August 2nd, which means the Big 12 is is straight into uh, fall camp season. And uh, we've got real football to talk about. We've got real things coming up quickly. And so with that being said, today's episode is all about trap games. That's right. The trap game for each Big 12 team in 2023. That's where we're going to hang out tonight. Uh, So what constitutes a trap game? Well, in my mind, uh, a trap game is is a game that, first of all, is is winnable and probably a situation where uh, the team in, in question should be um, favored, uh, more likely than not. So uh, this is a situation where you, you, cut, you come into a game expecting to win, um, and even, even more so a lot of times a trap game is a situation where the the team is being uh, the, the team that that uh, ends up being the trap is being overlooked, and so uh, in my in my estimation, a, a Big Twelve trap game is something that uh, might present issues for a team because of extenuating circumstances. Um, maybe it's the game after or the game before um, when the game is scheduled. If it's on a short week, uh, like I said, if the opponent's easily overlooked things of that nature. So uh, we're going to go alphabetically here today, which means we're starting with Baylor. Uh, and Baylor's trap game in the 2023 season is UCF. Now, I think that Baylor coming into this uh, game is going to be favored despite being on the road. And uh, UCF certainly is is the best of the, of the four teams coming in, at least on paper. And so this is a team that that Baylor is is going to expect to to beat and expect to win despite being on the road down in Orlando. Um, Baylor is four and four all time against the Knights, and this will be the first time, obviously, that they're playing in uh, or as part of the Big Twelve for as a conference game. And so here's what I what I see uh, causing issues for Baylor. They play three of their toughest games of the season within the first six weeks. Uh, they play Utah in week two, Texas in week four, and Texas Tech in week six. And in between those week four and week six games is the road trip to UCF. So what I'm looking for here is Baylor simply, um, they, they've got to make sure that they're ready for the bounce house. Because look, I, UCF's already sold this game out. It's going to be an extremely fun game to watch uh, from a fan perspective, especially if uh, you're UCF, uh, because this is going to be the first home game uh, as a member of the Big 12. So they're going to be rowdy, and I think that this is a really good chance. Um, uh, this is a really good chance for them to to jump on the Bears uh, and maybe steal a win, which is so important in the Big 12, um, just considering how close this this conference is every year. 
So uh, Baylor needs to watch out for for UCF. That game is on September 30th in week five. And uh, Baylor fans need to be watching out for that one. Next, we go to BYU, and I have their trap game being the November 4th matchup at West Virginia. That is in week 10. So BYU's got back-to-back road trips two times, two separate times in 2023. The first time being at Arkansas, and then a game followed uh, following that at Kansas. But the second time that they have back-to-back road trips, they will go to Austin, Texas to take on the Longhorns, and then they will travel two time zones from Provo to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. And so with this being BYU's longest road trip of the season, um, I think that obviously has something to say. There, it's never easy to travel to two time zones, let alone uh, try and play a football game after making that far of a trip. So uh, I think that this is going to be uh, an interesting move or an interesting uh, road trip for, for BYU. And I think that this is one that if they if they overlook West Virginia, who could probably be very easily overlooked this season considering they were picked to finish last in the Big 12, um, this, this is a sneaky one. And, and Here's the thing. If this game gets an 11 a.m. kickoff, which is is, is very possible, um, I'd watch out because BYU is is already going to be constrained whenever it comes to to time uh, with travel and, and all of that. So just just watch out for for that one. West Virginia uh, hosting BYU. I think the Cougars uh, need to be, pay very close attention to that one. Uh, on our on next on our list is is Cincinnati. And look, most of you are just going to scoff whenever I say this, but Cincinnati's trap game for 2023 is Miami, Ohio. That's right, Miami, Ohio. And if with the Big 12 uh, kind of being new to Cincinnati and, and Cincinnati being new to the Big 12, a lot of us don't know or didn't know that the Bearcats uh, and the Redhawks have, have had a really, really – closely contested rivalry through the years uh the the Bearcats actually just took the series lead last year uh with a 38-17 win over Miami Ohio uh they lead the series 60 to 59 and there's been seven ties um and, and Cincinnati's won 16 straight in this series so um why why is this considered a trap game well first of all uh they'll be coming off a road trip to Pittsburgh and um, you know, with this game being in week three, they haven't opened up uh, Big 12 play yet. And their Big 12 opener, which is at home, is the following week. And they get Oklahoma in that game. So um, this is a mid-September game. And, and as, uh, you know, w- with all the changes and all the things that are new uh, going on up there in Cincinnati, I think that this is an opportunity for for Miami, Ohio to finally end that losing streak uh, to their to their rivals and get this back to an even playing field at sixty to sixty in the series, um, and, and the other thing is, Miami Ohio is is a team that that's looking to compete in the MAC. So um, they returned several players from last year. Uh, they're Phil Steele's number eight most improved team in twenty twenty three, and they've got sixteen starters back. So uh, this is a shot for for Miami Ohio to to, to play spoiler over their rivals. And I think that Cincinnati had better uh, take them very seriously and not rest on that 16 game winning streak against, uh, against Miami, because um, 
they can't afford to look past them uh, towards Oklahoma coming into the year. Next team on our list, we're going to go Houston, and Houston's trap game is also the first game of their season. Uh, We've got UTSA on the list here. That is in week one, September 2nd. Um, It is the game before they play their in-town rivals, uh, Rice. And look, you know, a trap game in week one, I understand some questions, but but UTSA is entering the American. Uh, they went 11-3 last year in Conference USA. They've, they've been 22-2 all-time under Jeff Trailer, and they've got 16 starters back, but none of them are more important than quarterback Frank Harris. Um, the guy's a superstar. He doesn't get enough, enough credit because he doesn't play for, for a uh, big-time school, but he was responsible for 41 touchdowns last season. Uh, and this is a guy that can do it with his legs. Um, he, he had the 32 to nine, um, touchdown interception ratio last year. He's been fantastic for, for UTSA. And, and I think that, um, you know, if the Cougars look past this game, which, you know, I, I think would be tough to do it being the, the season opener, but, um, if they underestimate UTSA, uh, just because they feel like they've got that Big 12 brand with them now, uh, I I would they would be very sadly mistaken for that. Um, I'm sounding the I'm sounding the alarm on this one. Um, I may even go as far as to pick UTSA to win this game outright after winning 11 games last season and and Houston having a lot of things to replace uh, coming into the year. So definitely one to watch. And at the time that this uh, podcast was recorded. The line on this game is sitting at dead even. Uh, we got that just because it's the first. Uh, they've got lines out for week one, and, and this game is at even. So um, Vegas doesn't know who to pick in this one. I think I'm going to side with the Roadrunners in the end, but uh, Houston needs to definitely watch out for that one. Um, we're looking at Iowa State next, and, and we've got another team, another group of five team to watch out for. Uh, and we're going at Ohio on this one. Now, uh, remember what I said earlier about extenuating circumstances being a factor in trap games. This is a perfect example of that. Um, Iowa State's quarterback, Hunter Deckers, has brought an entire cloud of, of questions and all kinds of scrutiny and and uh, just just uncertainty that that is now circling the Cyclones uh, football program. And, and really, it, it's just a bad deal. On a side note, just a short tangent, I think that we're going to see college football and, and other sports just be waylaid by, by some of the issues that sports gambling uh, is starting to present with athletes. And uh, Hunter Deckers is going to be a a one of the, the first people that, that – probably faces some pretty severe uh, repercussions for what he did um, just as far as, as gambling goes. And uh, because he did that, he's left his, his team in a, in a bad situation at quarterback. Uh, they, they've just got a lot of questions to answer and and now they, they won't be with, they'll be without their quarterback likely going into the season who started all 12 games last year. So that that's just, that's never good to begin with. Uh, you've got a guy in, in J.J. Cole who comes in as a freshman, was very highly ranked uh, as a recruit there. And then you've got Rocco Beck who who could help as well. But but they're certainly not as experienced as Deckers is. And when you're going to a team that went 10-4 and four last season, right after playing your, your in-state rivals in Iowa in the Cyhawk 
game. Uh, this is just a situation that that kind of sends all kinds of signals off for me. I don't like uh, the situation that that Iowa State's in, obviously, right now. And Ohio is a good football team, Re- regardless that they play in the MAC. They return Player of the Year, the Conference Player of the Year quarterback Curtis Rourke, the Freshman of the Year in the MAC running back Sia Bengura, and they also return MAC Coach of the Year Tim Albin. And so I would watch out for the Bobcats, and I may even go as far as to to see you know let's see how Iowa State looks defensively, but um, I I wouldn't be surprised if this game ends up giving Ohio or Iowa State a lot more trouble than than a lot of people realize. And that's why I picked it as their trap game uh, going into the year. Let's go to Kansas. Uh, Kansas's trap game is Iowa State, who we just spoke about. After a bye week in uh, week eight, Kansas will play host to Oklahoma just before traveling to Ames to take on Iowa. And then right after that game against I or travel to Ames to take on Iowa State, rather. And right after that game, they will they will face Texas Tech at home. And so you've got two home games against important teams or, or perceived uh, contenders in the big 12 and sandwiched between them are, is a game against Iowa state. But uh, let's, let's look at it from this perspective. Yes. Iowa state is going to have a new quarterback in 2023, but by the time November 4th rolls around and you're in week 10, I, I think that they're going to have most of the issues worked out. Uh, with Hoover, whoever is starting there at quarterback. And, and we know for a fact that the Cyclones are going to have a strong defense. They have under Matt Campbell since he got there. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. And Kansas's defense, if we're being completely honest with ourselves, is probably going to rank somewhere near the bottom of the league again in 2023. They're going to be extremely strong offensively, but I just don't see them taking the jump needed to be a uh, a true contender in the Big 12 just yet. I'd love to be wrong, but uh, this is a game that that uh, Kansas should win. Obviously, with, with Iowa State being uh, one of the bottom four teams in the league, in my opinion, I think Kansas should go into this game favored. But Iowa State could give them problems, uh, especially with this game being in Ames, and that's always uh, it's always a tough place to play whenever you've got to go to Jack Trice. So uh, Kansas needs to watch this one and make sure that they're not looking past. Uh, Iowa State towards Texas Tech there in week 10. And perhaps this is a game where they're trying to get bull eligible again. So uh, Kansas needs to be on their P's and Q's for that one. Let's go to Kansas State. Kansas State's trap game for 2023 is against Baylor in week 11. That is on November 11th. Uh, This game falls right between a game at Texas and then the Sunflower Showdown against Kansas, which is in Lawrence this season. And look, Kansas State embarrassed Baylor last year in Waco. It was 31 to 3. Baylor just they looked outmatched the entire time. They they looked like they didn't want to be there. I remember watching that game and and just seeing Kansas State pretty much do whatever they wanted to and Baylor just they just couldn't get out of their own way in that game. And so uh, with the Wildcats facing Texas in week 10, it's going to be a huge game. I think Baylor's going to be fired up to get some revenge on K-State after what they did last season. And, uh, you know, if if Kansas State isn't, if they're distracted whatsoever, uh, Baylor's going to be good enough to make them pay for that. So they need to be locked in, and I think that Baylor is going to be uh, be ready for them uh, and ready to come into to, to Manhattan and prove a point uh, that, that last year was, was an outlier, that that's not how 
uh, this game is or this series is going to go. Whereas Kansas State is, uh, you know, with it being sandwiched between two road games, that could be tricky. Uh, let's go to Oklahoma and Oklahoma's trap game for 2023 is at Kansas in Week Nine. Um, this is a this is a a a fun situation, I guess, if you're an Oklahoma fan. Because look, on any given year, if I told you that UCF, Kansas, and Oklahoma State presented uh, some of the some of the tougher matchups for you in the 2023 season on, on any given year, you would feel really good about that. But we're coming off a six and seven year from Oklahoma and it's kind of difficult to know exactly what you're going to get. But when, when you look at the schedule, the, the stretch from Texas to UCF to Kansas state or to Kansas and then Oklahoma state, that's the toughest four game stretch of their season. And I look at, at what they what they have there uh, from last year, Oklahoma narrowly escaped Kansas in a shootout. In Norman, it was fifty-two to forty-two, but Jalen Daniels was not in the game. Uh, he was knocked out against TCU early in the season, missed the Oklahoma game. So if he can stay healthy in twenty-three, I think the Jayhawks' offense is going to be even better than it was a year ago, and and that spells trouble for for the rest of the Big Twelve uh, as far as defenses go. Now. Dylan Gabriel is going to be coming off of facing his former team with UCF coming to Norman in week eight. So there's going to be that distraction. Plus the last ever Bedlam game that's scheduled at least is in week 10. So it's easy to overlook Kansas uh, going to that, going on that road trip to Lawrence, but I would advise the Sooners not to do so. Uh, Kansas is probably going to be one of the better scoring teams in the conference and, and uh, they would be, uh, they'd be very, very upset with themselves if they if they go to Lawrence and lose to Kansas for the first time since the nineties. Um, that just it would not be that uh, would not be a good thing for for Oklahoma in year two under Brent Venables. Let's go to Oklahoma State. Their trap game for this season is Cincinnati, um, and I think that this is just one of those situations where you're you're coming you're coming off of a long road trip to West Virginia. And again, just like I spoke with Oklahoma, the last game, uh, uh, the last Bedlam game to be scheduled is coming up in week 10. So their week nine matchup against Cincinnati at home is going to be really easy to overlook. Um, I think the Bearcats would love nothing more than to come in and beat one of the Big 12's most consistent winners over the last decade and a half. And uh, it would be a really big thing for their program, especially in a year where we're not a lot's expected of them. So Oklahoma State needs to be watching out uh, for Cincinnati on October 28th, uh, and, and that game is going to be important to them as well. So uh, be watching out for the Bearcats if you're there in Stillwater. TCU's trap game is Colorado. Yes, another week one trap game. And uh, this the reason for this one is, is the Buffaloes, one, have had probably the craziest offseason ever between hiring Deion Sanders and the, and the turnover from the transfer portal. And then you you throw on top of that, they're moving back to the Big 12. It's been a crazy year. There's been all kinds of storylines. And on the flip side, TCU is coming off of a, a run where they were the national runner-ups last year. But they have a lot to replace. And they got they have just three guys back on the offensive side of the ball that started a game last year. There's several new faces in the lineup. They're breaking in a new offensive coordinator. I think that this is a situation where Colorado, if they can come down to 
to Fort Worth and um, and gain some confidence early. Uh, if Sanders can get things going early for the Buffs, I think this is one of those games that that TCU uh, they might be slow out the gate, and and you may see Colorado have a chance to to maybe leave with an upset. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happened, just considering that TCU is is starting out almost with a fresh slate. Uh, compared to what they had coming back last year. So, um, you know, I think TCU is going to end up being a really good team by season's end, but you never know how openers are going to go, especially when you have literally no clue what you're looking at with with Colorado coming in. Texas, uh, Texas's trap game for 2023 is at Houston on October 21st. Uh, This is coming off of a bye week. And so red flags are going up in your mind. Why, why, how, how is there a, a trap game after a bye week? You ask, well, this is Texas that we're talking about, because if, if there's, if there's a chance that Texas is going to quote unquote, Texas itself this year, it would be in this kind of situation, right? I mean, the Sooners uh, and the Longhorns are going to, are going to do battle on the Red River rivalry uh, in week six, they have a bye week in week seven. So let's say the Longhorns win that game. Um, maybe not as, as lopsided as they did last year, but let's say they do win and they're feeling really good about themselves. Uh, they've got a week to think about it. So naturally, they would go on the road and lose to a game or lose to a team like Houston, uh, who I would perceive as struggling at this point by week eight. Uh, it just it, it would match that narrative that we've seen from Texas for for the last ten years or so, uh, and so they need to be buckled up and ready to go because Houston's going to be excited about having Texas in town, and uh, I think that they had better know that they're going in for a dogfight uh, whenever they land there and uh, <laughs> they get ready to take on Dana Holgerson, uh, who would love nothing more than to be Texas in his first year back in the conference. Texas Tech. Their trap game for 2023 is at Baylor. Uh, Texas Tech has Houston in week five, Baylor in week six on October 7th, and then Kansas State in week seven. Uh, I think Joey McGuire is going to be all about uh, making his first return back to Waco since taking the Texas Texas Tech job. Um, And he'd love to get back even with them after after Baylor beat them 45 to 17 last year. Um, This is right after the Red Raiders uh, home opener, uh, which is uh, against Houston. And then before a huge game, uh, or uh, sorry, their uh, home opener for the big, for big 12 play against Houston. And then they have a huge game against Kansas state uh, right after the Baylor game. And so I, you know, I don't think McGuire necessarily is going to overlook this game, but with how difficult Baylor's schedule is to begin with, uh, they could come into this game with with one or two losses at least, and and uh, I think that it's tough to get players on board uh, if something like that's going on. Uh, it's hard to keep them focused at times. So uh, Texas Tech needs to be watching out for Baylor on their schedule. UCF, I have their trap game being set in Week Two, September 9th at Boise State. Uh, main reason being they've got to travel over twenty six hundred miles to play this football game. That's that's no small task. That's a long travel. That's a lot of flying that week. Um, and this is a thing where where Boise State's coming off of a 10-win season. They return nine offensive starters from a year ago, and uh, they'll be coming off a game against Washington. So it's very likely that Boise State comes into this game at 0-1, and it's really easy to look at a team that's 0-1 and think that it's this is going to be easy. This is going to be uh, just another walk in the park. We've got this. Uh, 
And uh, I, I, they better not do that. UCF is going to have to go play in that blue turf, and they're going to be in for a fight uh, playing Boise State, who has historically been very good at the group of five level. So uh, UCF needs to make sure it's it's fully prepared going into Boise State in week two. And then the final team on our list is West Virginia, who I have – I've got their trap game set as Texas Tech. Now, I do think that Texas Tech is going to be – the the favorite in this matchup. However, this is just this is one of those games where the timing is just so perfect for this to be set up as a trap game. It's right after playing Pittsburgh, uh, who obviously West Virginia and Pitt are bitter rivals, um, and it's right before a road trip to TCU. So you're coming off an emotional game against Pittsburgh. You've got a big game uh, coming up against TCU next week. And and I think there's going to be a lot of pressure for West Virginia to win this game, considering that in all likelihood, uh, based off of projections, West Virginia could be one and two coming into this game. I mean, they've got Penn State and Pitt on their non-conference schedule. That's not easy. So, um, you know, with the, with the pressure of it being one and three and, and all the things going on around them, I think the West Virginia needs to really focus on that Texas Tech game because that is a trap game by definition, and I think that they uh, they had better make sure that they are prepared for that one uh, right after Pitt uh, comes to town. That's going to do it for us here tonight. We really appreciate you guys tuning in for the podcast each and every week. Uh, and remember, if you like the show, just consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And uh, make sure and send a screenshot to Pete Mundo. He would really appreciate it. Uh, he loves it whenever he's, he gets reviews, and he loves it so much that he'll send you a, a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail if you just send it to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. I am Brian Clinton, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.